1: Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. We are going to continue together with the study of the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. So will you please open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I would like to read in this ministry meeting from verse 26 to verse 40. This is the second half. Of First Corinthians chapter fourteen and so I begin to read from verse twenty six and so we read. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn And all may be comforted, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, shalom, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commended to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you? Or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues, let all things be done decently, and in order. Well, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, this is the second portion of the 14th chapter of First Corinthians, where the Apostle Paul is now dealing with the necessity to use the gifts in the local assembly in order. In other words, in order that there will be uh, no confusion and uh, no uh, that which dishonored the Lord, then the gifts that the Lord Jesus the Messiah has given to the assembly must be used in the local church, local assembly, local kehila in an orderly fashion. Because if it's not, then there is a scene of confusion. Well, The very fact that the Apostle Shaul Paul has to write this to the Corinthians is because of the condition of the Corinthian believers in that local assembly. There was much disorder. There were many divisions. There was immorality. There were arguments with one another. They were taking each other to court, there were divorces, there was disorder in the Lord's table, there was no liberties in a proper way, there was abuse, and on and on and on. And that's why it was so necessary for the Apostle Paul to write to them specifically the 14th chapter. And beloved brothers and sisters, this 14th chapter is emphasizing the fact that uh, speaking the Word of God, prophesying, speaking forth the Word of God, uh, versus speaking in tongue, that the speaking forth the Word of God for clarity, for edification, for spiritual growth, is that which is needful, and edifying, and building up. And on the other hand, the speaking in tongues, in glosses, in languages, when it was abused, was not edifying the people of God. And when it was used in such a way that uh, will pride someone, will give an impression that he is a very spiritual person outwardly, and it did not edify the local assembly of the believers that was not necessary. It was, in fact, only causing for problem among the people of God. And so we have covered already the first 25 verses of First Corinthians chapter 15. In the first 25 verses, we have seen that Paul is prophesying versus speaking in tongues. Then he ministered on the, the need that, that they use of tongue must be used in a way that it will profit with all, profit all the believers. And now in the final verses of this 14th chapter, from verses 26 to verse 40, here the Apostle Paul emphasized the need of having order in the local assembly, especially in connection with the gifts that were given. You and I know very well that if there is no order in the church, in the assembly, how terrible it is. When everyone comes and, and everyone seeks to have his will, and because of this, there is so much disorder, and there are arguments, fighting, divisions, and that is actually what we have already read about in the first four chapters of First Corinthians. But the need is to have order, so if there is order, it will benefit all the body, all the believers, each one individually, and all the believers in the local assembly collectively. It is very interesting to note, beloved brothers and sisters, for example, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 31, after the first missionary journey, of the Apostle Shaul Paul, I should say, not so much the first mi- missionary journey, but out, out of the fact that the Apostle have gone and shared the Word of God, we did find that in uh, 30 and 31 of Act chapter 9, which when the brethren knew they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus, then had the church rested through all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. So after uh, the apostle Paul, Shaul, accepted the Messiah, then have gone on the way to Damascus, and then eventually he, he came to know that Yeshua is indeed the promised Messiah. Then, if you remember, when he came to Jerusalem, and uh, he sought to be there with the disciples in Jerusalem. Then Barnabas took him, and he brought him to the apostles. And if you remember, he told the apostles how Paul, Shaul Paul was bold preaching the message uh, at Damascus in the name of Yeshua. And then, if you remember, uh, when Paul returned to Tarsus, we do learn in verse 31 of act chapter 9 then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and galilee and samaria notice and they were edified and walking in the fear of the lord and in the comfort of the holy spirit they were multiplied what happened is that when there is rest among the people of god no fighting no disagreement, no constant bickering and, and dividing one from another, then what happened? the believers can be edified, as we find here that the local assemblies, the Kehilot in Judea, in the land of Israel, in the Galil, in the north of Israel, and even in the Shomron, this is in the whole land of Israel, in the south, in the center of the land, and in the north of the land of Israel, the assemblies in the land of Israel were edified and they were walking in the fear of the Lord and they were comforted by the Holy Spirit of God and they grew, they were multiplied. Why? Because when there is shalom, there is peace among the people of God, then they could be an encouragement and they could evangelize, share the message. Others come to know the Lord because they were edifying in the local assembly in the land of Israel. We do read a little bit later on in Romans chapter 15, as the Apostle Paul was writing to the Roman believers. To them we read that Paul said in Romans chapter 15 verse 1, We then that are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to not as edification. This is Romans 15, verses 1 and 2. And then he set the attention upon the person of Yeshua, HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. For even Christ, for even the Mashiach, he pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches, of them that reproach thee fell upon me. He was quoting the psalm of David in Psalm 69, at verse 9. Messianic psalm that speak about the Messiah, that the reproaches of the Lord fell upon him. And the Messiah himself was reproached for the name of God. As also in David's life, David was reproached for the name of the Lord. And uh, how important it is because if we are going to be a blessing to one another and edify the local assembly of the believers, we must learn not to seek to please ourselves, but to please the Lord and to please God's people. That is saying to please in the sense of being a blessing to them, edifying to them, uh, using our gift for the benefit of the assembly of the believers, beloved brothers and sisters. This is very, very important. As we read along in the epistles, in the letters you will notice that the gifts that were given to the assembly need to be used in an orderly fashion, but always for the building up of the assembly. The apostle Shaul Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verses 11, 12, and 13, concerning the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists And some pastors and teachers, why? Verse 12, for the perfecting or maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to edify the Guf HaMashiach, the body of the Messiah, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a mature man, unto the measure of the statues of the fullness of Christ, of the fullness of the Messiah. You notice, once and again, the need to edify the people of God using the gifts that were given to the people of God for the edification of the believers. Paul also wrote to the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where we read in verse 9, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation or deliverance by our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, who died for us, that whether we Awake or sleep we should live together with him wherefore Paul is saying to the Thessalonians comfort yourself together and edify here's the word again edify one another even as ye also do apparently the Thessalonians believers did edify one another and so he encouraged them to continue to edify one another and so as we are entering now into the second half of First Corinthians chapter 14 where the apostle Shaul Paul emphasized that the spiritual gifts that were given to the believers in the local uh, church whether it is in Corinth or whether it is in your local assembly anywhere here in this world these gifts were given in order that they will be edifying and that they will be used in an orderly fashion. So there will be order in the local assembly. You will notice, beloved brothers and sisters, as we read this portion, uh, that the need of order is emphasized here in this second half of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now there are three things that we will learn here in this in this portion of 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 to 40. Number one, we will notice that Paul gives several instructions to the assembly to follow in the public meetings. It is emphasizing here the public gathering unto the name of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in public where the saints come together for this purpose. To study the Word of God, to pray together, to worship the Lord to be ministered by the preaching of the word of God, instruction. When the assembly gather together as one body in their local assembly, that is where he is emphasizing here that there must be an order because those instructions will be helpful for the believers. So you will notice that there are three points that he will emphasize here in this section. Number one, speaking or interpreting or examining or judging must be must be done in an orderly fashion. This is verses twenty-seven to thirty three. Then in verses thirty-four and thirty-five, the Apostle Paul is giving instruction to the sisters, to the women, that the women in the meeting were not to speak, not to teach, not to usurp authority, and not to speak in a public meeting, in teaching, but there to allow the divine order to be carried through because God had given to the male men the public expression in the local assembly. And so in verses 34 and 35, he will instruct the believing women that there in the public meeting they were not to speak. I know it is a difficult subject even today, but it is so important to adhere to the Word of God because there is always blessing when we take God at His Word. And Paul does not speak about the superiority here and who is more important and who is more gifted and who is speaking about male chauvinism. No, he's just giving the divine order that was given by the Lord already in the order of creation, in the order of Israel's history and also in the order of the assembly, the church, the ecclesia. And finally, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 36 to 40, the Apostle Paul will... Give instruction to those who speak God's word that they must be careful not to go beyond what God's word is given. What the word of God is saying. What God is saying. Not to go beyond, but to speak as it is indeed the word of God. And so listen, let's go over these verses and trust that the Lord will help us to understand this portion of the Word of God. So here we are, we have covered already the first 25 verses of First Corinthians chapter 14. Now in verse 26, apparently there was a problem, there was disorder that everyone wanted his own thing in the local assembly, beloved brothers and sisters. And you will see that from verse 26 to verse 40, you will notice that is emphasizing Shaul Paul here. He's giving statement in this section that really impressing upon the Corinthians the need to speak in edifying and also to do things indecently and in order. Notice what we read in verse 26, first of all. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. And then he continued to say, let all things be done unto edifying. He's asking them, how is it then, brethren? How is it that when you come together, notice, by the way, this expression when you come together. If you just go back, please, beloved brothers and sisters, to chapter 11. And you notice in First Corinthians chapter 11 we read in verse 18. I'll read even verse 17. Now in this that I declare to you, I praise you, not know that when ye come together, it is not for the better, but it is for the worse. In verse 18, for first of all, when ye come together in the assembly, in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partially believe it. You see, he continued to say in verse 20, when ye come together, wherefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. In other words, they were coming together. Everyone did what he or she wanted in this local assembly of, of Corinth. But is emphasizing when the local assembly would gather together in a public meeting of the local church. Whatever time and day of the week they have set, for whatever purpose that they have set, whether it is for prayer, whether it is for the remembrance of the Lord, whether it is for the study of the Word of God, whether it is for praising the Lord, whichever reason they came for, apparently they did not come for the better, but they came for the worse, because the Corinthian assembly was known as a local assembly that was filled with confusion, division, disorder. If you notice a little bit further on in chapter 11, he continues in verse 33, Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. Again, he used the word, come together, come together. Come together. This is when they, it's not a two friends meet uh, somewhere. This is when they, we might say, the appointed local assembly meeting of the believers in a certain day, in a certain time, for the purpose of meeting around the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and He is the center. There must be order at that time. In verse 34, or First Corinthians 11, we read, And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. See, Paul is emphasizing the coming together, the gathering together as an assembly. You notice, by the way, that he used the word church, assembly, more than once in chapter 11, 12, and 14. In chapter 11 and verse 10 we read, For this cause art uh, the women to have authority over her head because of the angels. And uh, You notice that, that he's mentioning this as well. And a little bit later on, if you notice, the apostle is emphasizing in verse 18 using the word church. He said, For well, first of all, when ye come together in the church or as an assembly... I hear that there be division. Notice he use the word church, assembly, ecclesia. In verse 22 he says the same thing. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink? Or despise ye the church of God, the assembly of God, the gathering of the assembly of God? The church? Again, he is mentioning this in the whole context of First Corinthians 11, 12, 13, and in our study here of chapter 14. Again and again, he's using the word assembly, the assembly, the church, the church, the called out one, the kehilah in its local gathering together. In chapter 14, he has used it many times as well. In chapter 14, in verse 4 and 5, we do read, He that speaketh in a tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church, the assembly. Verse 5b, uh, he that speaketh with tongue, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Again, he is speaking of the gathering together in the local assembly. And so, when the people of God gather together as a local assembly, believers from the local city, the local uh, town, uh, in the special meeting of the gathered saints around the Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, there must be order in the local assembly. And so this is what is emphasizing in the second half of First Corinthians chapter 14. So in verse 26, apparently... First Corinthians fourteen twenty six. Paul says, How is it then, brethren? When ye come together, every one of you has a psalm, and has a doctrine, and has a tongue, and has a revelation, and has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. See, apparently everyone, perhaps, as we can see this, Come to the meeting and one said, oh, I have a certain psalm I want to read. The other one said, I have a doctrine I want to teach. The third one said, I have a tongue to speak. I want to speak in tongue. And the other one said, oh, I have received a revelation from the Lord. And And the other one said, I have an interpretation. What happened is that there is confusion. Disorder. And so, in the next verses, verse 27 to verse 33, Paul give instruction as how to follow in orderly fashion in the local public meeting of the assembly of the church. Speaking, interpreting, examining, evaluating must be done in an orderly manner, beloved brothers and sisters. The gathering of the saints together around the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, must be for the purpose of edification and there must be an order. Not everyone can do as he or she pleased. Everyone has to take their places before the Lord and the Spirit of God is able to lead God's people to enjoy the meeting, to be edifying during this time when they are gathered together around the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Remember, just to remind you, that God's people were called to meet together. God's people are called not to forsake the assembling of of themselves together, as it was the manner of some. It is very important to come together, but to come together in order that they will edify one another. We read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but exhort one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching you remember Yeshua the Messiah himself says, says in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20 says for where two or three are gathered together In my name, he promised to be in the midst of them. Matthew 18, verse 20. So when God's people are gathering together and he is in the midst, do you think that he will allow to have confusion and disorder in the local assembly? Of course not. He's the head. The believers are their body. And every member in that body needs to function exactly as he's called by the Lord, just like in our human body, our hand has to do that which it's supposed to do. The right hand, the left hand, the legs need to do exactly what God have gave us legs for. The right leg, the left leg, every member of our body. Our eyes, our ears, our I know every member has to do properly. There must be an order in the body among the people of God, especially here in the public meeting. So notice what we read in these verses. Whether we speak or interpret or examine, it must be done in an orderly manner. And so he says in verse 27 now, beloved brothers and sisters, if someone have a message in tongue, uh, it should be with no more two or three, but it should be in order as well with the interpretation. So, again, to remind you that the Corinthians had this problem because they wanted these external showy gifts. And because of this, there was friction among themselves. And there was not edifying to anyone because if you speak in a gift of tongue, in a language, it must be, first of all, needful if there is a need to speak it because someone there needs to hear the word of God because he is not speaking the local language. So the, the gifted one will give that message for their benefit. But even then must be an order. And so we do read in verse 27, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, we've already learned that the word unknown is in italic, it is not there. It's unknown to someone. So if anyone speak in a tongue, in a glossa, in a lashon in Hebrew, glossa in Greek, language in English, let it be by two, or the most by three, and then by course let one interpret. You notice there is order, not everyone from every corner of this uh, meeting hall where all the people, everyone speaking all sort of uh, so-called tongue languages and, and there is confusion. So Paul regulated it, he helps the Corinthian to understand that the spirit of God is not an author of confusion, and therefore there must be order, and he gives an instruction, a guidance. Let it be by two or the most three. And then by course, one, then the second, then the third, the most three, and let one interpret. Notice he says let one interpret, not two, not three. Why? Because the one who was gifted with the gift of interpreting tongue, glossa, language, was known, and yet, beloved brothers and sisters, apparently in the city of Corinth, in this local assembly, everyone claim, or, or many, more than one or two, claim, oh, I have that gift, I will interpret, and no one understood. That's why the Apostle Paul says that one interpret. In verse 28... He said if there if there is no one that could interpret, so the one that want to speak for the benefit of others, and there's no one to interpret her, so there is the best thing is just not to speak and be silent. He said in verse twenty eight, but if there is no interpreter, notice the word is singular, not interpreters but interpreter, let him, this is the speaker, the one who wish to speak, let him keep silent in the church, in the assembly, and let him speak to himself and to God. In other words, speak, meditate, meditate in your own heart, in your own mind before the Lord. You know, God knows our thoughts. He knows what we have in our mind and in our hearts. And so he said let him keep silence. And then when he used the said and he let him speak to himself, well, keep silence and speak to yourself in your own mind, in your own, meditate. Your thoughts within yourself come in your thinking of the Lord, you uh, praising the Lord, even in your thoughts, God knows it. He knows our thoughts are far off, beloved brothers and sisters. We don't have to take a word out of our mouth. God knows our thoughts are far off. That's why David said in Psalm, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in everlasting. Lead me in a way everlasting, he says. Beloved brothers and sisters, God knows our thoughts afar off. He continued in verse 29, let the prophets speak no more than two or three, and the, the rest examine. Again, you notice even to those who preach the word, who uh, prophesy, the thought of being prophesying it speaking forth the word of God, or forth speaking the word of God. In Hebrew, the word, the prophets, the Hebrew word is nevi'im, han-navi. The navi was saying, the prophet was saying, thus says the Lord. But even the prophets, those who spoke the word of God, and reiterate the word of God, they need to do so in an orderly fashion. And that's why we do read in verse 29, let the prophets... Let the one who speak forth God's word or for speaking God's word let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge in other words, the others judge or evaluate let the others evaluate what did what did he say is it from the lord and what does the lord say to me through this brother that spoke forth the word of god but again notice There is an order. There's an order, and we also see, as it is in verse twenty-seven, in relationship to glossa, to tongues, to languages, two or three at the most, and to do it in order. Same thing with the one who speaks forth the word of God. He is let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other examine. And then notice. He continue in the next verse, beloved brothers and sisters. In verse thirty, and if the Lord revealed something to another, let the first one hold his peace. And so we read in verse thirty, if any thing be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold their, his peace. In other words, if a brother will come and say, hey, "Dear brother, the Lord revealed to me something," so. The first one who wanted to rise up and share a word from the Lord, he will sit down and let the other share. And Then verse 31, the Apostle Paul continued that everyone, notice that he said that all may prophesy, but one by one and in order. Exercise self-control. You know how it is. In our hearts because we want to be recognized, we want to have a position and a place and recognition. And sometimes if we are not led by the Holy Spirit of God, if we are led by our own selfish flesh, and therefore we do not give room to one another, so Paul said in verse 31, that ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all may be comforted. You know, when there is confusion, it is not a clear message, and that we are not speaking indeed the Word of God, and the, the motive is not to honor the Lord and to benefit the brothers and the sisters, how can anyone learn or be comforted? And so there is an amazing lesson for us here, dear brothers and sisters. That expression here, that ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted, that simply means that we need to give room one for another. And there is a very healthy Lesson here two or three. You come to a meeting, the meeting takes what an hour, two hours. Well, they're the time for singing, the time of praising, the time of ministry of the Word of God, and there's so much to minister to edify the people of God. So, one, two, or three, one by one, not at the same time, this way the brothers and sisters will be able to learn and to be comforted. Because the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Anyone who speaks God's word, the spirit of the prophets are really subject to the prophets. We do read, notice that, exercising self-control and the spirits of the prophets verse 32 are subject to the prophets the spirits of the prophet has to do with our speech we have a clear sound mind controlled by the lord and therefore guided by the holy spirit of god there will be naturally speaking Uh, being subject to the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God and the speech will be, the time to speak will be in due time as the Spirit lead us. The Holy Spirit of God will direct the spirit, the human spirit of the speaker, of the prophet to give them a guidance and that's why we read the, the Spirit's plural, of the prophets, plural, of those that speak, are subject to the prophets. You see, in James chapter 3, we read in verse 13, Who is a wise man, and endure with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good manner of life his works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strive in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in shalom, in peace, for them that make peace. So beloved brothers and sisters, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets and it will produce, notice then, there will be fruit of righteousness and it is sown in peace and it is for them and of them that are making shalom, making peace among the people of God. This is the wise man, the wise prophet, The wise one, the wise man, and do knowledge among you, let him show out of his good conversation, good manner of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. Proper behavior, proper conduct, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets and they will wait on the Lord and wait on one another as they ministering the word of God in the assembly of the believers. In verse 33, in this section, that the Apostle Paul is saying, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches, the assemblies of the saints. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, there was confusion in the city of Corinth. There was confusion in that local assembly. And because there was so much confusion there, they were not edifying one another. In pride they were claiming that they have this gift and that gift and the other gift. They sought and looked for a self-glorification which did not please God and did not edify the believers. Unless we only speak about them, we know our own hearts. How pride often hinders us from serving the Lord and using the gifts that the Lord had given us in a proper way for the edifying of the body of the Messiah. May the Lord help us with this, beloved brothers and sisters. So, in the verses 27 to verse 33, the Apostle Shaul Paul told the Corinthians that speaking or interpreting or examining must be done in an orderly fashion, orderly manner. In the next verses, verse 34 and 35, the Apostle Shaul Paul gives additional instruction, and this time he is giving an instruction to the sisters, to the women in the local assembly. And this is also a subject that is very much troubling many beloved brothers and sisters today as it was in the days of the Corinthians, to remind you that the divine order here in this world has not changed because man changes, but the divine order is, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, is the Messiah, and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ, the head of Messiah, is God. Every man praying or prophesying with his head uncovered dishonor his head. Every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonor her head. For it is even as all as one as if a she was shaven. And if the women be not covered, let her also be shorn. If it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be Covered, and he continued to instruct in chapter eleven about the male and the female, the brother and the sister, the men and the women and Although there is complete equality, yet there is order in this world, in this creation, and God gave the men the public place, especially expressed in the local gathering of the saints. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, if we are to have the mind of the Lord, we are to read this scripture and seek His guidance to help us. And remember that as far as God is concerned, there is complete equality between the male and the female, between the man and the woman. And yet there are two different roles that God had given to the men and to the women. In verse 34 and 35 we do read, concerning women in the meetings in the local assembly, that they were instructed not to speak in the public place of the gathering of the saints of the assembly. And so Paul says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commended to be under obedience as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church, in the assembly, in the public assembly of the gathered saints. When the whole assembly Men and women gathered together for the public meeting of the assembly. Now, you and I might say, why is it so necessary? Why does Paul put this here? Wouldn't it be better if he would not give this instruction here? It would avoid so many problems. But for one reason or another, beloved brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul placed this here. Apparently, there was a problem in the local assembly at Corinth. And the women, the sisters, did not take their place, recognizing that the head is the man, and that he, the Lord, has set this order already in creation, that publicly, especially in the public meetings of the gathered saints, the man is to take the role of the head. Again, the role of the head does not mean that he is superior, but it's simply the public expression. If the man is the head, the woman is the heart. In a normal human body, no human body can function without a head and no human body can function without a heart. Both are important. But that's the divine order. He made them male and female. And the God already in creation did say that the woman will be a helpmate to the man. That's the way it was. God created Adam first. And Adam that he created, he formed man according to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He created man first. And you notice, beloved brothers and sisters... By creating man first, he had given him dominion. You remember in the first chapter of Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the the cattle, and over all the the earth, and over uh, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he he male and female, created he them. And God blessed them. This is verse 28. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And then we read, how did God create humanity. He formed men, Adam, out of the dust of the ground. He breathed unto his nostril the breath of life. And then later on, God put men in his garden, and you remember what we do read in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis. We read that when God saw that Adam was alone, he said it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. The Hebrew word is Ezer. Ezer means help. Kenegdo. For him. Next to him. Beside him. To complete him. So out of the Lord, what did he do? He caused Adam to sleep. Supernatural sleep. And he made an operation, the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God taken from man, made, he built a woman, and he brought her to Adam. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called Isha, woman. Because she was taken out of men. Therefore shall a man leave his father and and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. Basar Echad. Now that's the divine order. And therefore she, the woman that God had given her husband is a blessing. But she is a help me to the man. Not less important. Co-equal. But the man is the head. And the woman is the heart. As Christ the Messiah is the head of the assembly. And the believers are the body of the assembly. Are to honor him. To give the head his place. As Israel, as the wife of Jehovah, to recognize that Jehovah, that God, that Jehovah is her husband and the head of the nation of Israel. And notice it here in the public expression, beloved brothers and sisters, here in First Corinthians fourteen, verses thirty-four and thirty-five, the apostle Paul said, "Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience." As also says the law, and the reference here is to Genesis chapter three and verse sixteen. And what happened there? You remember when Satan beguiled Eve. And according to verse 16 we do read unto the woman after the fall of Adam and Eve and now in the judgment of Adam and Eve the Lord said unto the woman I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. And the thought of rule is not to rule in a sense of treating the wife in an evil way. God forbid. Elsewhere, we read in Ephesians 5, Husband, love your wife as Christ, as the Mashiach, loved the assembly. And what he did, he gave himself. He died for the assembly, for the people of God. And the husband is called to love their wife even unto death. So it's not an issue of pride, and more important is the place that is to exhibit in the local assembly of the brothers and of the sisters, of the husbands and of the wife, And that has to be maintained in a local church, because that is the expression of the mind of the Lord in a public place. And so he's saying... Let your women keep silence in the churches, in the public meeting of of the believers, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the churches, in the public meeting of the assembly. And it's not an issue of gossiping, as some might say. It is a shame for a woman to gossip in the meeting well men gossips as well. It should be for men also. A man should not gossip in a meeting and outside of the meeting. Women should not gossip in the meetings of the assembly and not outside of the meeting of the assembly. But here it is in context of the public speaking and teaching in the local assembly of the believers. And why? Because that's the divine order. You notice in the history of Israel, you don't find a high priest in Israel who was a woman. Why? There were many women in Israel's history who were better speakers than the... better even leaders than the priests and the prophets of Israel and and the kings of Israel. But God set this order in the history of Israel and in the history of the assembly. And this is important to understand. It's not an issue of superiority, but it is an issue of an order in the local assembly. Apparently, in Corinth, there was such a disorder as we see it throughout the whole letter, that Paul had it necessary to correct them on this, and he clearly told them how and what to do in the local assembly in order that they will be edifying one another. He also wrote to Timothy in First Timothy chapter 2, as Timothy was sent by the apostle Shaul Paul to minister to local assemblies to help Ephesus and elsewhere, he said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 verse 9 concerning how to instruct the sisters in these local assemblies, and he says, in like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in a modest apparel, verse 9, with a shamefacedness and sobriety, not with brided hair, or gold, or, or pearls, or costly array, but which become women professing godliness with good works. Verse 11, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not the woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And he gives the reason. For so Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Nevertheless, she shall be saved or delivered or preserved in childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with sobriety, with a discretion. In other words, Uh, taking the place of the sister is essential if there will be blessing for her and for others. Taking her place in God-ordained role is the place that God will give to the sisters. Now, of course, in the days in which we live in, because of the various situations, it is necessary for wives and women to work and, uh, and be more in the public. But the point, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, it is not so much as to how uh, to, to think that the male is superior. No, beloved brothers and sisters, God had given a role to the believers and he wants us to exercise us here in this world. The women can teach Children, women can teach other women, but in the public place of the gathered saint in the local meeting, at particular time of the week, it is given to the male men to take the leadership in the public expression. And therefore, Paul is clearly saying in verses 34-35, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also says the law, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the public churches, in the assemblies. How wonderful it is to see a proper behavior between the men and the women to honor our wives, to bless them, and to give them the respect that they deserve and the love that they deserve but at the same time it is so wonderful to see for the women to take their place as well so there will be order in the local assembly of the believers. And our finally beloved brothers and sisters 1st Corinthians chapter 14 verses 36 to 40 we learn the final exaltation in connection with the Order in the assembly that those who do speak the word must be careful not to go beyond the God-given word. It is important not to go beyond what God had actually given. You know, there was an inclination in Corinth, apparently, to go beyond. And everyone said, well, God told me this, and God said this to me, and God said, going beyond, beyond what is to what was written of course the letter was just given to them now but to go beyond what actually God said only to impress the others and so Paul says in verse 36 what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only he asked the Corinthian he says listen did the word of God came out of you are you the one that have given to the world God's word? Or he said, did the word of God came unto you alone? In other words, you know everything, and you are the one that the word of God came. In other words, are you the author of the scripture? Are you the author of what is recorded, and what the apostles have already taught? What an amazing thing. How careful one must be. He continued, he said in verse 37, that the true spiritual person will acknowledge that the instruction that Paul had given to them are really coming from the Lord. It was not really Paul's uh, ideas. We read in verse 37, if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the thing that I write unto you, in other words, are the commandments of the Lord. In other words, realize that he was the apostle. Shaul Paul was an apostle. He, he received of the Lord instruction. Remember, he was called by the Lord. And the Lord Jesus, the glorified Messiah, called the apostle Paul for the ministry of an apostle. And therefore, if someone is really having the mind of the Lord, he need to acknowledge and to see that actually Paul was speaking the word of the Lord. In uh, Galatians chapter 1, we do read, in verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men. For I neither receive it of men, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua the Messiah. So he, Paul, Shaul Paul, was called by the Lord to be the apostle to the Gentiles, to the uncircumcision. And according to what he says here in verse 37, if any man in the local assembly of Corinth think himself to be really a prophet, the one that was gifted by preaching the word of God, or spiritual-minded person who seeks a spiritual walk with the Lord well let him acknowledge that the thing that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord he continued in verse 38 and he says look but if any man be ignorant let him be ignorant the uninformed person will continue in his way and then he will continue in his own way well let him continue Fellowship with the Lord will be broken if he is not informed, if he will continue in his own way. Well, that's what the condition was in the life of some among the Corinthian believers in the local assembly. And so he concludes, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 38, 39, and 40 by saying, Wherefore, brethren, covet, Prophecy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Notice what he's saying. Very interesting. He says, Look for, desire to speak forth the word of God for the edification of the body of the believers. And he continues, said, but don't forbid to speak with tongues if there are needs in those specifically in first century. If there are needs there to use the gift that was given by the Lord. In, to speak in Glossa, in languages, in leshonot, Well let them be done. Don't forbid them. But they must be used. The gift must be used properly. Not for a show. Not for reason of pride. But as the need arise. Speak in a language that you did not learn if you have been gifted by the Lord in order to benefit the hearer who could not understand, who do not know that which was, who couldn't understand the language which the local assembly of the believers spoke in in that time. So don't forbid to speak with tongues. But then he conclude, let all things be done decently and in order. If you go back to verse 26, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you has a psalm and a doctrine and a tongue and a revelation and interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. Verse 33, God is not an author of confusion, but of shalom, of peace, as it is in all the churches of the saints. Therefore, verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. And if it is not done decently, and if it is not done in order, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, God can never be pleased. The believers can never be edified. And even those that practice this without the mind of the Lord will never find joy in their hearts. They will never be able to please God. May the Lord help us to have an attitude that will be pleasing to the Lord. and so with this beloved brothers and sisters, we concluded first Corinthians chapter fourteen. God bless you until the next time. We say to you, Shalom, Shalom.
0: You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, Twenty eight Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit Holy Scriptures and Israel God bless you. Shalom, Shalom.